Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Airway First, a podcast from the Children's Airway First Foundation. I'm your host, Rebecca Downing. My guest today is patient health advocate and wellness coach, Chris Duvall. Over the course of her four-decade career as a hygienist, she has been recognized for her contributions to patient-centered dental hygiene, with honors from the International Association of Ozone and Healthcare and Dentistry and the Oral Cancer Foundation. A sought-after speaker, Chris has taught master classes and presented in locations from Las Vegas and Chicago to Cuba on topics including patient communication, ozone therapy, and advocating for patient health. You can find out more about Chris and her mission to change the mindset of dental professionals when it comes to patient health on chrisduval.com or thelifeguardinitiative.com. We are also proud and honored to have Chris as one of the members of the Children's Airway First Advisory Board. And now, here's my interview with Chris Duvall. All right, good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today, Chris. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we dig in to really, you know, the Lifeguard Initiative and and things like that. I'd like to talk a little bit about your philosophy and what led to it. I believe you had a life-changing event when you were a competitive swimmer. And that's really what has led to your change of philosophy of care, if I understand correctly. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah, So would you mind sharing a little bit about that story with us? Absolutely. Um, I have been carrying this event and the impact that it had on my life for many, many years. So I'm happy to share it. When I was um, 14, I had been a competitive swimmer for quite a few years. And I almost always won the events that I swam in. And Mm -hmm. I would when I would finish swimming, I'd touch the wall and then I'd turn around and lean against the wall and wait for the other swimmers to finish. And um, this one particular event was at our home pool. And um, I swam the event, won it, turned around, leaned against the back of the pool, and I blew a great big bubble. I had swam that race with a big wad of bubble gum in my mouth. Oh, And uh, when I got out of the pool, um, I said hi to uh, the timer in my lane was a local physician that I knew. And the lifeguard um, got down off of her perch. And the two of them met me on the way out of of the pool. And they stopped me and asked me if I wanted to live to be an adult. And I thought, well, that's a stupid question. Of course I do. Why, why, why are you asking me that? And they said, well, if you had aspirated that water bubble gum during the race, you would have gone dead in the water and we would not have Mm -hmm. known how to help you. Mm -hmm. And so just because, uh, you know, we care about you, we uh, want you to think about that and maybe reassess doing that in the future. (laughs) Did you ever chew with gum again? Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I, uh, I learned my lesson. But like I said, I have carried that with me uh, for, you know, since I was 14. And um, it is a 
kind of an anchor that I use to evaluate um, my communications and my relationships with patients. The great thing about them stopping me was that they cared enough and they were in relationship enough with me that they felt comfortable that they could broach basically any subject with me, no matter what I did. And Mm. so I wanted to have and be sure I had that kind of relationship with my patients, because I think when you're in relationship with your patients, you can discuss anything. And that's how I felt and have felt is that I'm overlooking a pool of patients. And -hmm. when I see them doing things with their lifestyle or habits that I become aware of, I had the opportunity to talk to them and and tell them about what we now know and how that can impact their dental health, their overall total body health, and how it impacts their longevity. You know, and my goal has always been to help our patients have live a long and healthy health span, not mm-hmm. just a long a lifespan. lifespan. Mm-hmm. Yes. A life I love span. that. Yes. The amount of time that they're healthy during their life and extend that. I love that. And then the, it's this philosophy that has led to the lifeguard initiative. Yes. And so just, that's my philosophy of care. I developed it. um, And over time I've shifted my mindset, my message and my uh, clinical habits to match Uh, the information, the science-based evidence we know now, or the evidence-based science, excuse me, that we now know. And I think that's the the main impetus behind the Lifeguard Initiative is right now we have such a mismatch between our protocols, our philosophy of care, how we're taking care of patients, what we're doing for them. Uh, There's a mismatch between the science that we now know. What do you mean? Well, like um, many of us that are hygienists are still focusing on scraping and scaling tartar off a patient's teeth. Mm -hmm. And what I'm focused on doing is um, helping them create a healthy biofilm or a healthy plaque. So my focus is helping my patients create a healthy biofilm Mm -hmm. because I have learned that when you create a healthy biofilm, the uh, localized diseases and problems of the mouth uh, go away. And also the oral systemic impact of the biofilm creates a huge impact on the total over overall body health of the patient. So, so my goal is in creating the lifeguard initiative is to create an atmosphere of change. Mm-hmm. And that's what I call myself as an architect of change because uh, it's so important that we match our protocols with the science that we know today. And we have to be flexible and keep um, updating how we take care of our patients. So that's pretty much what the lifeguard initiative is all about. And, um, 
We're just wanting to get uh, the enthusiasm and the support behind the initiative to um, just help hygienists and dentistry and medicine really take the approach and their philosophy of care that they're willing to prepare their patients for this healthy lifespan, as opposed to what we have been doing in medicine and dentistry is just repair the damage since they mm-hmm. were last. And so that's, hence we just focus on, on tartar removal, but the lifeguard initiative believes that when we are taking care of our patients in this manner, we're leaving them to live in what I call the danger zone. And that's that zone where the immune system has lost the ability to manage the bacterial load throughout the body. Uh And that has tremendous impact on the health span. Because as you know, um, heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, um, all kinds of oral systemic problems uh, actually originate in the mouth. So mm-hmm. um, we're just trying to create a new paradigm and a new um, standard of care for how we take care of patients. Because what we're doing right now in mainstream medicine and dentistry just is not good enough anymore. It's not enough, we're right? Literally participating in our patients' disease process when we just repair the damage instead of prepare them for health. Right. And one of the things that that you and I have spoken about before is instead of just when when somebody comes in to visit the hygienist, you come in, you get your cleaning. One of the steps that's missing, the, one of the critical steps is asking questions and not just asking, but actually listening to what they say, catching, you know, hey, I'm having trouble sleeping or my allergies just don't seem to go away. These kind of small little statements that traditionally are just overlooked and you just keep cleaning and move them on through. Absolutely. And um, that's a big, big issue. And that's the other part of uh, with what we're doing is not good enough anymore. So what has happened is that our questions that we have asked our patients for eons are still Mm -hmm. being asked today. Like, um, just to give you a quick example, I've taken out the question, hi, how are you today? I think that is not a useful question for me when I want to find out what my patient values. That's Mm. most important to me because when I know what my patient values, I can direct and pre-frame all my conversations and questions around what the patient values. And so instead of saying, hi, how are you today? I say, it's great to see you. As we're walking back to my operatory, operatory, tell me about something great in your life. Mm. Because I've never had a patient say, oh, I made a big deposit in the bank today. Or, uh, you know, I it just doesn't go. They patients just go there. Don't go there. They want to talk about, oh, my wife had a major illness and now she's doing so much better. Or I got to spend the weekend with my grandchildren. Mm, and okay. So information like that 
helps me and cues me in to how I can pre-frame my conversation with my patient. Because one of the other things I always know about a patient is I have asked them the question, tell me about what you want for yourself. Oh, patients either want health or they want to avoid the consequences of not doing what they think they should have, or they want to avoid the consequences like what their brother ended up with a swollen face. Okay. So I am very focused on um, knowing what they value and what they want for themselves. Those are the two most important things that I can use to help patients uh, extend their health span. And this line of questioning not only tells you what they value and what they want for themselves, but it gives you insight into how are they sleeping? Are they eating correctly? What is their exercise like? Yes. And so that those questions then become matched to the information that we know today. So I'll tell me, I'll ask them questions like, um, tell me about how you sleep, not do you sleep or, you know, do you sleep well? I don't ask, ask yes or no questions, but I ask questions that are what they call open-ended so that Mm -hmm. patients will give me some feedback so that I can then ask some follow-up questions. So um, questions need to be matched with the science today. So questions are hugely important. And here's a belief of mine. The quality of your questions Mm -hmm. determines the quality of your service that you give to your patients. Because if you're not asking quality questions, you're not finding out good information. Mm -hmm. You're not being a good lifeguard. Exactly. And that's the purpose of the lifeguard initiative and becoming a lifeguard is to guard and guide the mm-hmm. health and wellness of your patients. Right. So with the science that we know is out there, why do you believe hygienists aren't being trained to ask these questions to find out, you know, <clears throat> for example, like we just discussed something as simple as asking questions about their sleep, which could tell you whether or not they have an airway issue or some other underlying concern. Why do you think they're not being trained to ask these questions? That's a great question. And that's why the lifeguard initiative exists because it's our goal to help um, hygienists shift their thinking. Mm -hmm. That's most important because when you change the way you think about things, the things you think about change. And Mm -hmm. I totally believe that. Um, You know, I think there's several different reasons, but a big one, uh, what caused me to change Mm -hmm. was my dentist that I was working for. Uh, I started working for him 21 years ago. And in the first week, he said to me, I want you to develop a wellness program for our patients so that they come back to see you when they're healthy. And I thought it's a novel idea, but 
uh, have you been smoking something funny? <laughs> or, uh, what planet do you live on? How am I supposed to be able to do that? Mm-hmm. But what I learned through a lot of reading and um, coaching is that the change has to begin with me. Mm-hmm. I had to change first, and then I could um, affect change in patients. And that's why I developed <clears throat> those questions. Tell me about what you want for yourself. You might as well take a three-inch piece of duct tape and put it over my mouth. If I don't know the answer to that question, I can't go in and effectively work with a patient. So, Because at that point, you're just scraping, cleaning, moving them through. Right. And you're assuming mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just, it is a transformational um, approach to your relationship with your dentist and with your patients and with your team members. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I lived this for many years. And when I did decide to retire clinically, um, cause I wanted to spend more time with my husband, uh, I had never been more inspired and excited about dental hygiene and dentistry and caring for patients than I was on that day that I retired. Hmm. But the interesting thing, I think what was the driver behind this was a challenge because I had started work for this dentist because I quit my previous job. I was Mm -hmm. so burned out. I could not stand another day. Um, But I had to go back to work financially to support help support us. And I had made the decision that it was going to be different this time. I was going to um, just change my approach. And then when, when Dr. McKay uh, said to me, gave me that challenge, I thought, wow, I can get excited about doing this. And it really brought me back to my enthusiasm for what I could accomplish and how I could use my education and my knowledge and um, the fact that what he said to me was so empowering. Mm -hmm. It really shifted something in, in my brain that said, I'm taking this on. I love that. Yeah. And And you actually wrote a really great uh, article about that, which is on your website. And we'll put a link to it in our show notes so that others can read and really get a firsthand look at, you know, the impact that that had on you and your thought process. Exactly. And you know, one, uh, the other thing that made it a big impact in it was that he said, uh, create a wellness program. You are the person that can do it. And as hygienists, we don't hear that and get that um, empowerment and freedom to help create something good for our patients. We're just told, you know, get them in, get them out, clean their teeth. Um, And so that was extremely empowering and powerful for me. You're listening to Airway First with today's guest, Chris Duvall. 
You can find out more about the Children's Airway First Foundation and our mission to ensure that every child has access to screening, evaluation, and treatment of all children's airway disorders before the age of six on our website at childrensairwayfirst.org. You can also find a ton of great resources for parents on our website, including videos, blogs, recommended books, comprehensive medical research, and more. As a reminder, this podcast and the opinions expressed here are not a medical diagnosis. If you suspect your child might have an airway issue, contact your pediatric airway dentist or pediatrician. And now, back to my interview with Chris Duvall. But along with that challenge, he said, I'll give you continuing education that you need. I'll give you the technology that you need. And I'll give you a personal coach. Uh So imagine what I could do with those kind of marching instructions. Right. Because this is your deal. I'll walk along beside you. And if you need my help or if you get off on a bunny trail, I'll be there to help. Um, but it literally changed my life, mm-hmm. literally changed my life. And focusing on what I could do to prepare patients for health mm-hmm. was the shift. Shifted from repairing the damage to my mindset, my message, and my clinical habits all got shifted to what can I do to prepare patients for health? So that's when I learned that the majority of my patients and I was participating in their disease process. You know, they were living in that danger zone. So my goal was to shift everybody to living in the safety zone where their immune system and their responses to different bacteria and problems, um, I could help prepare them and mitigate those those possibilities well and this paradigm shift that you're undertaking together it's not just in how the hygienists are are changing their mindset and you know what they're asking it's also you're going to have to take on the dental practice itself that it's no longer the expectation of the hygienist just clean and get them to us within 15 minutes we have to change that mindset. You have to go a step further and you're going to have to get to the curriculum, what these hygienists are being taught in school, correct? Yes, that's a, that is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, like I said, this is a global endeavor mm-hmm. and we are going to be working um, in the hygiene schools, dental schools. It's just a huge different, it's a ar- different architecture. Right. An architecture of change to update your and match your clinical habits, your mindset and your um, messages to uh, what we now know today. It's been a long time that we have not been taking great care of our patients. So it's time for a change. And this education that, that, you'll be doing and fostering mm-hmm. within the hygienist community globally, hopefully. Also, we'll transition into parents 
You know, for example, parents, there are a lot of parents that walk around with the mindset of it's okay if your child has cavities, if they're baby teeth, they're little, they're going to fall out, let's move on. But a hygienist that is actually focused on the health span of a patient is going to identify that as an issue and now has to educate the parent. Absolutely. Because, you know, we now know that children's dental health affects many other uh, biological systems in a child's body. And that poor dental health or that lack of health uh, will carry on and predicts that an adult is going to have when they become an adult, they're going to have the same kind of problems carry on and carry through into older age. So it is critical that, uh, you know, we start and change and the best place. That's why I love um, working with the Children's Airway First Foundation and you is that it's got to start before birth and at birth. And mm-hmm. we have the uh, CAF is developing the technology and the resources and the just the know-how to how to start um, preparing children and babies for a healthy lifespan. It's mm-hmm. so critical. It is critical. But, yes. You know, because t- today, that's one of the things. Well, let me back up just a little bit. Um, one of the challenges that happens when kids go through orthodontics and a lot of kids go through orthodontics today Uh is that today mainstream ortho and in the past so heavily we were focused on treating the malocclusion or the crowding Uh that we paid no attention to the airway Uh and what type of tongue space we were creating when we Um, extracted teeth and head geared everything back. And I am a product of having that type of care. I had orthodontics done twice when I was um, right out of hygiene school. And um, it has impacted my life, you know, with AFib and sleep disordered breathing and uh, weight gain and I can't begin to tell you the impact of that in my life. And so not only with our children, do we have to prepare them for a healthier tomorrow and take all of these things into consideration, but we now have millions of people that are out there as adults that have suffered the consequences of what they call extraction, retraction, regret. And Mm -hmm. so, it's a lot of the reason why we're seeing people with cardiovascular disease, um, having strokes, diabetics, um, sleep disordered breathing. It, the mm-hmm. impact of uh, not considering airway in how we take care of children has had a global impact. And so that's part of the retraining for hygienists, or I shouldn't say retraining, it's more of a shift right. to uh, a healthier way. Um, so we've got a lot of children worldwide that we mm-hmm. need to impact. And we also have 
millions of people worldwide that have been a product of the extraction retraction regret syndrome mm-hmm. and are suffering the consequences. We don't want our little ones to go through to do the same. Yeah. Right. Suffering the consequences and impacting the healthcare system because now we're all adults walking around with all of this. Yes. 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 And you know, as you get older and older, the, um, the more these, um, consequences pop up in our life. Mm -hmm. Right. And ways that you just can't even see coming. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's an opportunity to have an impact. It's an opportunity to do good. It's an opportunity just to um, give back. You know, my my whole goal is I don't want to leave this earth with any arrows left in my quiver unshared. Um, I feel that a lot of my... Um, philosophy of care and how I take care of patients has been a gift to me. And um, it's my responsibility to share the, these gifts that I've been given. And so um, that's what I want to do is I want to shoot every queer, uh, every arrow in my quiver and have them have an opportunity to be used by others. I absolutely love that. And I know that along with Children's Airway First and the Lifeguard Initiative, you've also worked with some other groups that are very near and dear to your heart, including the Oral Cancer Foundation. Absolutely. Uh, My um, first patient in clinic and hygiene school was my husband's grandfather. And I found a lesion on his, uh, in his mouth that turned out to be oral cancer. So, you know, I am so grateful that I've had the gifts of having, you know, chewed some bubble gum in the in the pool and blew a bubble of having my uh, husband's grandfather sit in my chair as my first patient. What? That's such a gift to be able to take those experiences and say, you know what? There are other people out there. Everyone has somebody they love and care about, just like Mm -hmm. I love and care about his grandfather. So I made it my goal in hygiene school after that, that I was always going to do an oral cancer screening on every patient every time. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say I have lived up to that in 40 some years worth of hygiene. And I think that, um, the whole backstory to the lifeguard initiative is guarding and guiding patients' health. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is when you get your patients living in what I call the safety zone, where the immune system can manage the bacterial load and everything that's going on in, in your mouth, mm-hmm. um, it creates time in the appointment for you to do the things that are so important. And those are the life-saving screenings. And you'll find out when you help manage and you help your patients create a healthy biofilm, they're going to come back to see you healthy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the reason why um, 
I was so inspired and enthused at the time that I retired is that my patients started coming back to see me healthy when I started this. I no longer saw tartar. Really? Their biofilm or their plaque was healthy. Yeah, it's just amazing when you manage the patient's biofilm and create health in that biofilm and create an urgency and a need for the patient to understand that they need to come back to see me while they're still healthy so I can do whatever it takes to get them back at the beginning of that safety zone. See, most patients come to see you, oh, when their gums start to bleed. You know, you ask your patient, how come you're here to see me today? Well, my gums started to itch and they started to bleed. So I thought maybe Uh it's time to come back and see you. Uh Uh-uh. Right. That's a patient living in the danger zone. And when you um, go along with that by not asking some important questions, you're literally participating in their disease process. And that is about all I knew at the time, but now I know about their health process Mm -hmm. and what it takes to keep them in this safety zone. Well, not just their health process. You also know a little, because you've built this relationship, you know a little bit about them personally. So why is it that they don't come back except for when Mm -hmm. they're in pain? Is, you know, you know more about them as a person. Is it, they just, they're afraid of the dentist? Is it a financial thing is it you know you know a little bit more about them yes the relationship rules um the quality of care and i think that is you know and i just recently wrote an article um with calf and the thing that i also believe is You've got to, who you're going to be for your patient, like make the decision to redefine yourself, step into a new pair of shoes. I've decided I'm going to become a lifeguard. I'm going to help guard and guide my patient's life. And when you do that, that's what determines what you're going to do. Who you're going to be determines what you're going to do. And that's part of what we help shift in hygienists is that right now, most hygienists are just thinking about what am I going to do to the patient mm-hmm. without giving consideration to I'm going to be that hygienist that um, has made the decision to be a, a lifeguard and I'm going to guide the health and wellness of my patients. And so this type of transformational approach, it creates time in the appointment to do these life-saving screenings that match the science that we know today. You know, mm-hmm. you, you need to do an oral cancer screening. Mm-hmm. Rarely is that done mm-hmm. by hygienist in the mainstream. Uh, you got to take blood pressures because You know, there's lots of reasons why people have high blood pressure, sleep, diabetes, um, cardiovascular disease. And so um, take blood pressures. Um, I do a 
screen did a screening that um, is called uh, used a product called Carry Free, and it helped me determine the pH of the biofilm. And when the pH of the biofilm is low, that's when cavities occur. Oh. And it also made a huge impact on the periodontal health of of patients when we got them using this carry free it helped um, manage and balance the ph and so it, these are just all ways to help your patients create a healthy biofilm i did um oral dna testing uh which we we had What's that? well um your biofilm or what we used to call plaque is made up primarily of probably 700 different species of bacteria and mm -hmm. there's viruses and fungi. There can be parasites in there. So we did a, um, a swish test that would identify the high risk pathogens. There's five or six of them that um, are causing all the problems in the mouth and in the body with periodontal disease. And wow. um, they're now, it's now one of them is linked to um, certain cancers in the body. One of them is linked to now um, linked to uh, Alzheimer's disease. There's some that are linked to periodontal disease. I mean, it just goes on and on about what they're learning about these high risk pathogens. And so in order to create a healthy biofilm, we had to create a way to get rid of these high risk pathogens. So um, all this stuff is really important. And it, you have to create time in your appointment to be able to do whatever um, life-saving screenings you can. And those are what, in the Lifeguard Initiative, those life-saving screenings are what I call lifelines. They connect you to your patient and that connects your patient to their health span. And these lifelines, the, the other one that, that I've, I've learned from working with you is just talking to them, especially if it's a child, Absolutely. as you talk to the mother and you find out, <clears throat> pardon me, about how do they have ADHD? Because that's a sign of potentially an airway issue. Mm -hmm. you know, what are they eating? How are they sleeping? But as you're speaking to the parent, you're watching the child. You can see you know, how they're behaving. You can watch how they're breathing. Yes, yes, absolutely. We had a patient one time that um, she, the parents alternated nights sleeping with their child mm -hmm. because they had to sleep with her because she woke up so many times during the night that um, she was frightened. She was little. She was maybe five years old. And so the only way they could soothe her and help her get back to sleep was if one of them was there. And so we suggested, um, you know, we have some things we're concerned about. We'd like you to see her pediatrician. Uh, the doctor the pediatrician said, oh, her problem is just that she leads, uh, she has so much stress in her life. And the mom said, stress, my daughter leads a charmed life. She has no stress. We work very hard on um, 
diminishing stress in in our child's lives. So um, she just took that and she said, no, I'm not taking that as a, so she ended up switching pediatricians. She walked out the door and found another one and come to find out um, when she went to see an airway, a physician that was focused on airway, her tonsils were touching. And you, you can imagine the impact that that had yeah. on her. Oh, yeah. Being able to get air and get oxygen in to feed her brain and her developing body. And uh, it was just a mind boggling experience. So, um, you know, it just you, you all those things you in a relationship, you're able to talk about those things with the parent and relation being in relationship with your patient or the your child's parents are it's so important. So important. It is, it's absolutely critical. Yeah. So as as we wrap things up, if you could leave one message with the up and coming generation of hygienists, what would you say? Oh, boy. Um, You know, I had the benefit of having a challenge given to me by Dr. McKay. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you have to have a challenge presented to you. You can present it to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think you just have to take the time and realize that there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to match the uh, protocols, your message, and your mindset to what's happening in the world today. And that is, we are losing patients right and left from very serious um, effects. And I think that it, I would tell them to pay attention to the life-saving screenings and the clinical evidence that they see on a patient. Because if you're not paying attention to it, you are absolutely doing a disservice to the patient and and participating in their health or in their disease process. And possibly without your intervention, they could have a life-altering event or even death. So really get in relationship with your patients, shift your mindset, shift your message. You know, brushing and flossing, asking the question, do you brush and floss isn't good enough anymore. Because right. we now know brushing and flossing won't keep your mouth healthy. So mm-hmm. um, educate yourself as to what's going on and share that knowledge with your patients. Yeah, And decide who you want to be for your patients. Absolutely. Who are you going to be? I Step love that new pair of shoes. I love that. And I, I just personally want to thank you for being a part of the advisory board for children's airway first and for allowing me to be a part of the lifeguard initiative and helping you to share your arrows of knowledge. It's, it's truly an honor. Thank you so much. It's been a privilege and an honor for me to be here today. So I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks again to today's guest, Chris Duval, for sharing her medical insight and to each of you for listening to today's episode. If you're new to our podcast, please don't forget to subscribe. 
And if you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to leave us a review or a comment about what you enjoyed most. You can stay connected with the Children's Airway First Foundation by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming episode, shoot us a note via the contacts page on our website or send us an email directly at info at childrensairwayfirst.org. And finally, thanks to all the parents and medical professionals out there that are working to help make the lives of kids around the globe just a little bit better. Take care, stay safe, and happy breathing, everyone.